Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today, I'm going to read from the New King James Version, Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, verses 1 through 2a, and it reads... To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. So my lovely podcast family, I guess by now you've realized by me reading that verse that my mother has been reunited with her Savior. He has welcomed her into his arms and has said, well done. The process was a relatively quick process. Last episode, I told you that she had been admitted into hospice. She had been um, having rapid breathing as if she couldn't keep her, you know, as if she had gone out for a run and couldn't catch her breath. She didn't appear to be in any type of distress or anything of that matter, but just... (sighs) you know, the heavy breathing. She still ate. She was still pooping and all that other kind of stuff. And so that was, that was that day. And then the next day she continued and I called her physician who was going to be able to come out the following day, which was a Wednesday. All the while, she's still not being able to catch her breath, but continuing to eat. When Angela came on that Wednesday in the evening, she took her heart, um, she checked her heart, and her heart rate was 160, and her oxygen level was about 90, which was still pretty good, but it was a heart rate that concerned Angela. And I remember she took the stethoscope from around her ears, and she said, does your mother have a DNR? And I said, yes, which is do not resuscitate. And then she looked at me and she said, how aggressive do you want to be? And I said, huh? And she said, We're, she's entering the, the end of life stage. And I said, I do not want her in a hospital. I've always wanted her to die here at home with me for us to make her comfortable. And she said, okay. I said, so now we call hospice? And she said, yes. And so we called hospice. And a nurse was here maybe an hour and a half after the phone call. She admitted mom, prescribed morphine, prescribed oxygen. You know, after conferring with the physician, FaceTime and all that other good stuff. And um, I had all of that, all of that by the end of that night. By 11 o'clock, oxygen was set up. Um, I had administered the first dose of morphine to her. It was liquid. You put it in the mouth and it absorbs. And so we went on about our business. Deborah came on Thursday. I didn't allow her to administer any of the drugs. I I was here. Another hospice nurse came from the team that we had been assigned on, and he prescribed more medication because she was still breathing, you know, relatively heavy, and she was drooling. And so those, I went and picked that up, and, you know, things were just going along, but she was still breathing relatively um, 
fast. But I remember the hospice nurse looking at me because Deborah asked, so is it okay for me to give her breakfast? And uh, no, that we had tried to give her breakfast and she wouldn't take it. And so she only took a little bit of her boost. And he said, don't feed her anymore. And it was when he said that, that it hit me. Oh, we're actually getting ready to come to the end because now we can't feed her. Okay, and not to give her any of her medication. Okay. And so that kind of struck me a little bit because I'm like, oh, this is the end. Because I have had bouts and you will find yourself perhaps in the same situation where your loved one will take a, a downhill turn only to pop back, pop back up and maybe not come back to the level where they were before but that it's not the end so you go on this roller coaster ride so with this rapid breathing I wasn't sure if it was the roller coaster ride that was going to come back up or if we were going to stay down but his statement of not to feed her anymore let me know that we were getting ready to get off of this ride and so that took me aback for a little bit the day came to an end and um I was, you know, in the room with Mama, and I'm telling her how much I loved her and what a good mother she was, all of which were true, and, you know, that I just loved her. And I sang a little bit, and I went on to sleep. At 4 o'clock on Friday, it was time for me to get up to give her her morphine, and I gave her her morphine. But now I'm troubled because the rapid breathing that all of this medication that she was on, which is really three, was supposed to stop she was just supposed to be sleeping wasn't working so I called the online nurse and uh, she was trying to you know tell me what to do and finally I said well can you just dispatch a nurse to come visit and she was like sure and so I think the woman's name was Cindy she called and she was like I'm in Sarasota but it'll you know, it'll take me about 30 minutes. I'll be there. You know, I said, okay. So she was she was here around an hour. So I'll say maybe 6 o'clock when she got here. But before that, I went back into Mama's room. And I leaned in and I told her, it's okay for you to go home. I'm going to be okay. God still has some stuff for me to do on this end. I said, but you can go home. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. And go home and kissed her and then left and then the nurse showed up and was conferring with the doctors and they decided that they wanted her to have morphine every two hours and I asked so when am I supposed to rest if I have to give her morphine every two hours and she said well I'll call um, your team and they can have someone come out to assist I'm like yeah because I'm going to need to get some rest at some point in time where I can get a a couple hours of sleep more than a couple but you know I'm going to need some help doing this Deborah I had called and asked if she would come over so that I could go to the gym and run an errand because I didn't want her to witness mom I didn't know what I was what was what I was facing I didn't know how bad it was going to get you know you hear some stories you know that it dragged you just don't know and Deborah is a caregiver um and she shouldn't be expected to to witness that and I knew that she really didn't want to (laughs) she loves my mom And so she came over. She was a little early. She got there about 30 minutes earlier than her normal time. And she went in and I heard her, hey, pumpkin, hey, pumpkin, how you doing? Hey, pumpkin. And she said mama opened her eyes a little bit for her. 
And so then the nurse showed us how to crush the pills and make a paste to put them in the cheek of my mother where it would absorb. Because what was occurring is mama's mouth was so dry that I would put the tablets in her lip, but they weren't um, dissolving, I should say. So it wasn't absorbing into her system. So she showed us how to do that, and I was doing that, and she kind of cleaned mama's mouth a little bit. And and then we went back into the kitchen area, finished talking. She typed up her documentation, and then she left, and I went to my room to brush my teeth so I could get ready to go to the gym. And Deborah comes in, what 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 type of medication did the nurse bring? Did, did, did it cause her to stop breathing? The medication is too strong, and she was just talking, and I'm like, what is she talking about? And we walked over to Mama's room, and Mama was gone. And I looked at Deborah, I said, Mama's gone, Deborah, and Deborah broke down. I didn't want it to be. I told the Lord that I didn't want to be here. I told him I didn't want to be here and he didn't listen. And I said, Deborah, she left 30 minutes after you got here. She was waiting for you. And then she got quiet and then we both cried together. And I looked at my mom's body and it looked like she was just sleeping. Her hair was still cute from where I had braided it. And she looked like she was sleeping. I mean, any moment I was expecting her to breathe. And that's what Deborah said happened. She was sitting in there, she was watching Mama breathe, and she watched Mama exhale, and then there was no inhale. So Mama went peacefully, and she went quickly. And I'm grateful for that. I am an only child. I am unmarried at the time. But if you were to ask me if I feel alone, the answer is no. And I have never been alone in my life because even though my father died when I was 12 and my mother now has died, I have always felt the presence of the living God beside me. And people may find that hard to grasp. I have traveled all over the world. I've traveled by myself on trips, most times by myself. At least that's what it appears to be. But my father has always been there with me. I know that I am never alone. Lonely sometimes, maybe. Not often. But never alone. Since my mother's passing, I have been about what I normally do best, which is wrapping up the business. I am a person who is in the details and I like to do things ahead of time so based on her first stint on hospice I had already contacted the funeral home that was going to transport the body the funeral home in San Antonio where we live I had already done that back in 2019 so I had the numbers I had all the information that the hospice nurse who is going to do the documentation for the funeral home I had all that information that she needed And so I went about my day that Tuesday, squaring up things, calling Social Security, calling, you know, family and calling the funeral home to let them know, yep, she has um, passed away. You're going to be getting the body. This is the funeral home who will be contacting you. Just going on about business. And Deborah, she stayed here and finished washing the clothes, which is our normal Friday routine. The outpouring of love that I've received from um, my friends, 
has been overwhelming. But I went about that day and I left a board here and I went to the gym and I ran. And in my mind, I kept thinking, I got to hurry up and finish so I can get home. Because I got to get home so I can relieve Deborah. And then I remembered, oh yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. So my season of caregiving has come to an end. And I'm getting used to not having the responsibility and burden at times of having to orchestrate the care and the well-being for my mom. Now it's just it's just me. Something that I had been doing prior to her living with me in 2009. And so I have to get back into that mode. But I'm stepping into a new chapter in my life. God has amazing plans for me. There are things that I have been doing to prepare me for this second chapter. And now I realize I'm getting ready to step into this second chapter. And it's a little daunting. I'm not afraid, but I am hesitant because I have a whole lot of stuff that I would like to accomplish. And the fact that I know God is going to allow me to accomplish all of that is humbling and scary. But the one thing that I need you to know, my podcast family, is that I am going to continue caregiving this ministry because it is. One, we haven't finished all of the fruit of the Spirit. So I am committed to doing that. After we finish the fruit of the Spirit, maybe we'll have some interviews with other caregivers because this journey was a 12-year journey for me. For some of you out there, it may be shorter. For some of them, for some of you, it may even be longer. But I am committed to this particular ministry and this podcast for as long as the Lord is going to use me. So please don't think that you're getting rid of me this quickly because you are not. I want you to know that I love you and that I'm at peace. I'm okay because I know that my mom's okay. And the reason that I'm at peace in knowing that my mom's okay is one, she knew the Lord Jesus Christ as her savior. The word teaches us that when we are absent from the body, we are in the presence of the Lord. So there should be no fear in home going for Christians. Death is just a transition to the wonderful life that God had already prepared for us. We know that we're only here on this earth for a season to do whatever it is that God has tasked us to do. And once that is done, he will call us to be with him. So I am, I am at peace knowing that that is where my mother is. She's with her savior and she's with her other brothers and sisters and she's with my dad. And so I know my mother is at a good place. The second reason why, why I am at peace is because I know that I have been obedient to what God has called me to do. He called me to be her caregiver. And I exhausted everything that he put in my path in order for me to accomplish that role that he gave me. And so I have no guilt with that. That brings me peace as well. Because as he told her, well done, as she entered the gates, I heard him whisper that to me. Well done. My season has come to an end. I'll see you next episode 
where we will pick back up on goodness. You take care.